everyone. Welcome to Loving This Life podcast, hosted by yours truly, Abby Hillis, founder of ACH Events and co-founder of The Twelfth Woman, an advocacy group fighting for sexual assault survivors. This podcast is about loving the life that you live and 100% owning it and being happy with it. Each episode will include a guest or thoughts to help bring your dreams to reality, understand true commitment in life, and help turn some of your darkest days into the brightest years. So grab some coffee, some wine, or whatever tickles your fancy, and join me on this adventure of finding happiness and taking charge. Hey, hey everyone, welcome to episode 18 of the Loving This Life podcast. It's me again, just me by myself, Abby Hillis, your host. I'm doing a part two. I didn't originally think that I wanted or was going to do a part two to episode 17, but after I've done some really in-depth soul searching, I have been, I'm reading a book right now. I am doing a ton of just like research on what speaking your truth looks like. And I just decided, you know what? I have a lot more to have to say about speaking your truth in 2020. So I'm going to do a part two. So lucky you guys, you get to listen in on kind of my findings and what I am kind of feeling about what digging down deep and speaking your truth of 2020 looks like. I know I didn't really I discussed more about personal life of what was going on in the last episode, and I discussed less about how we can speak our truth. So I'm hoping that that's what this episode does. I'm also hoping it's a short one. I am notorious for doing long episodes, and I know it's so much easier that when you're getting to hop in the car for like a 20-minute drive that a shorter episode is more conducive to you being able to listen to it. So my goal is that this one ends up being one of those shorter ones, but we'll see. I say that a lot, and then it ends up not happening. But to just kind of give a background story of where the drive and inspiration came from doing this episode... It came from me watching the Brene Brown, the Call to Courage special on Netflix. And for those of you who are kind of going through this walk with me or you're wanting to kind of take the leap of faith in life to kind of just transition how you've been living life, that Netflix original is definitely something you should watch. She's a researcher and she really like looks at how courage and vulnerability go together and they're kind of intertwined. And she just provides such great examples. And she just really makes it easy to understand kind of how to make this transition and change your mindset and change how you just approach life in general. So it's about an hour and a half long. I listened to the first half yesterday while I was working out and the second half today while I was working out, which was another reason why I was like, I'm just going to go ahead and get this episode recorded and like get this out there. So what I really want to like, answer today is kind of get you thinking to what speaking your truth looks like, right? What my truth is and what your truth is and anyone else's truth on this planet earth are completely different. We all have different experiences in life and different upbringings and different brains and bodies. And I mean, the list goes on and on. So we can't have the same truth. So how do you figure out like what speaking your truth is and what does it look like for you? And oddly enough, when I was like, thinking this through of what it looked like for me, I thought back to childhood and I just think back to like the adolescence and the innocence that comes with adolescence. And one of 
the stories that came to mind when I was listening to the Brene Brown special was the story that I was competing. Gosh, my mom could probably tell you, but I, I don't know how old I was. I, I mean, I was a level five for any of you gymnasts out there that listen. I think I would have been maybe seven or eight. I don't know. I might have, maybe I was younger than that. I don't really remember, but I was young enough to just like really be in la la land and not truly understand how life works. And it was my state championship, you know, which was like the biggest deal. And I remember being up on the beam, which, okay. For those of you who who like watch gymnastics, but don't know much about it, the beam's four inches wide. It's freaking terrifying. Um, when you're only like barely four feet tall and the beams four feet off the ground, it's really effing terrifying to get up on, but you do it anyway, cause you love the sport. But anyways, I'm up on the beam. It's state championships. I loved the beam. It wasn't my favorite floor is my favorite, but I did love beam and I knew I was good at it. So I knew I had a chance of like being pretty awesome and possibly placing, which I was the kid who never placed like barely on anything. If I did, it was on beam and floor and you know, like I competed against Nastia Lukin for those of you who know who that Olympian is. And we were like the same age. And then like, she went from level five to like level 10 and elite within two years. And I was still chilling out at like level six and seven, but like she won everything. I, I have vivid memories of her winning literally everything. And that was not me. Like I was never that kid. But anyways, back to the beam story. I'm up on the beam and I'm like just killing this routine and I was feeling so good about it when all of a sudden the fire alarms and the entire facility started going off. And like, I mean, we are in an arena, so it is like massively going off, totally distracting. And everyone's just like looking around like, what do you do? And we've always been taught when we're performing, just like most people like in theater and whatever else, you're taught to keep going. So like any you know, intense athlete would, I kept going and I finished the routine and I tried to, you know, just stay focused and I ended up killing it. I don't know that I remember even having any wobbles. I feel like I was like rock solid and I finished and I go over to my coach and I'm like, what do we do? And there wasn't a fire, but I think people were confused if there was or not. I don't, I don't know if someone pulled the alarm. I don't really remember the details. I just remember the feelings that I felt naturally with memories And so we go, the judges deliberate and they judge my routine and they come up with a score, but they don't tell me. And then they tell my coach, your athlete has the choice to either go again and recompete and we completely nix this routine or she gets scored on this routine and she just deals with this being her score. Well, had I fallen, I probably would have been like, heck yeah, like I want another chance, but I didn't. And I actually did a really awesome routine. And so I looked at my coach and I was like, I don't think I want to go again. I ended up getting a nine two, and I know it's so weird that I remember this, but get it. So you're always striving for a 10, right? In gymnastics. Well, unless you're elite and then there's just like an endless possibility now, but back in the day when you only could get to a 10, a nine, two is actually really low and it rarely won at rarely. And I don't remember what place I ended up getting, but I know I was on the podium for second or third. I want to say I got first, but that just sounds too good to be true. Uh, I should run this story by my mom. She probably remembers. But I ended up getting a 9-2, and I ended up almost winning with that. Like, it was one of the top scores of the day. I think I might have won. I don't really remember. But the point being was that, to me, like, being up on that beam and finishing the routine while a fire alarm's going on was just like a no-brainer. It's just what I did, and I finished it, and I did it. And I thought, if you would put adult Abby in that situation, I don't know that I would have handled it the same way. And I got to thinking about that story and, like, 
the difference of like how a child handles something versus how an adult handles something and how the things that we go through in life totally like affect how we handle our life and handle other people. And it was just so interesting because when you're younger, I feel like you just don't have an option but to be courageous and you just kind of like attack things as they are and you care less about how people think. And the only reason as you grow older that you care more about what people think is because people hurt you and their opinions about what they think about you hurts you. So the more times you get hurt by what someone has said, the more times you are afraid of what other people are thinking. Therefore, it prevents you from just going balls to the walls all the time, like an adolescent, innocent kid would. And I thought that was just so interesting because it's like we are basically self-creating this like circle of just lack of trust and lack of courage and lack of support in our society and in our life because we choose to speak out and like hurt people with our words rather than just building us up. And we, we start in a way that we don't necessarily have that innately. It's something that we learn and experience over time. And that just like kind of blew my mind. Cause I was like thinking about it and that's just, it's kind of sad. I mean, it, it is sad. It's not kind of sad. It is sad. And so as I'm kind of like talking through this, I just wanted to tell that story because like, I think it would help for a lot of people to understand like what your truth looks like. If you kind of take a dive back into like what your childhood truth looked like, because I think, you know, maybe for some people that's not a real truth because there's just a lot of things about childhood that was bad or negative or scared you. But I think if you can look at the good parts of childhood and like what you lived by and how you treated others and like what made you happy as a child has a good correlation to the similar things that you do as an adult and should do as an adult. And so I kind of like invite you to kind of use that as your guide as you kind of as I go through this podcast. So what does speaking your truth look like? I think it has to do with you have to have courage. You have to be willing to be vulnerable you know, we are raised in a society that leads us to believe that being vulnerable is a weakness, showing emotion is a weakness, you know, reaching out and asking for help is a weakness. And it's truly not, you know, I do want to say that with being vulnerable also comes having boundaries. And Brene talks about that on the special, but if you're going to be vulnerable, you also have to be willing to have boundaries. And as much as people think that I share every single thing about my life, there are a lot of things I don't share. There's one really hilarious story coming to mind that only my nearest and dearest friends and husband will know that story. I don't even think my parents know that story. And it's just a very awkward and embarrassing moment. Any of you moms out there that experience any sort of lack of control after baby birth, you know, you could probably relate to that story. Anyways, that's all I'm going to get into with that one. But point being, there has to be boundaries when you are vulnerable there or else it's not going to be successful with being vulnerable. And just reminding yourself that like when you are vulnerable, you get to choose who you share it with, right? Like you only have to share your vulnerability with the people who earn your right to hear it. And that's the boundary that you really have to stick to when you are choosing to be vulnerable. You can't just like walk into a bar and tell everyone that 
you know, you want to get laid or something like that doesn't work. Well, that was a really weird analogy. Sorry, I just what came off the top of my head. I'm watching Homeland right now. And my husband and I have been like, <laughs> really into that show to the point where it's probably unhealthy. And so they go to a bar a lot and drink a lot, which I guess is probably why that came up to in my head. Anyways, moving on. So what does speaking your truth look like? It to me is about embracing risk and being exposed and letting kind of people see the full you and, um, you know, showing up when the outcome is unknown and it's scary and it's, you know, not something that you have control over, which hi, hello, Enneagram eight, I have to have control over every single thing. So that's hard. It's hard for me to show up and, and be open and be me when being me could really put me in a place where it's really scary. And then one of the big things that I wanted to talk about that I think speaking your truth has to do with is defining your own success. And this is something that is so hard to pinpoint because with media and social media and how much content we're able to consume on a regular basis, we're pretty much told what success looks like. We're told that it has to do with finances. We're told that it has to do with, you know, how much money you have, how many things and values you have, like actual monetary valuable things. It has less to do with the things that truly bring success in your heart. Because if we were to try to get on the news and say, you know, Abby's been so successful in life, man, she just has a heart of gold. It's like so hard to show that on TV and on social media. But the reality is, is that is your true success. So um, Hillis and I were driving this past week and we had to go clean out my grandpa's house because he's selling his Dripping Springs house. And it's been quite the ordeal and quite emotional ordeal because it is the house that my grandma built from like the ground, not the ground up with her own hands, but she designed the whole thing. And it was... It's been a big deal, but we were driving and we were talking about success and why it's sometimes so hard to feel successful. And Hillis just looked at me and goes, well, that's because there's objective success and subjective success. And I was like, oh, is it just really that easy? His brain is just so unique. I'm so jealous sometimes. But then we got to talking and he was like, yeah, objective success is like what the media tells you. It's like, oh, I have four homes and a private jet and I have a family trust that's going to live on for generations and all of the kids and the kids to come are all going to be taken care of. And that makes me success, the successful. And it's so easy for, easy for media to promote objective success stories because it has no depth and it's quantifiable. Like I can show you a jet. I can show you someone's four houses. I can show you all of these things that they've bought themselves. Like the Kardashians, for example, they're so intriguing to so many Americans because their life is one that so few people live that it's just so easy to show their world. Like here are all the things that the Kardashians have. They eat salad on a really, really nice, incredible, probably cost more than my entire life combined piece of marble or Granted, I don't even know the difference between the two. I think it's Marvel because it's white and half their houses are like stark white. But I don't even watch the show. This is like from college days, but I'm still thinking they're living the same way because it's still the same style that's, you know, popular or whatever. Anyways, it's all stuff that you can see. And there's very little like depth to who they are. And 
even if there is depth to who they're who they are, the show doesn't disclose that. It's very surface level and business driven. And what media doesn't do is show a lot of subjective success. And I do think that morning television um, news shows are trying a little bit harder to embrace the feel good stories because I think they know that they're learning that that has a lot that sells a lot better with the younger generations. But subjective success is really hard to show, right? So we all have these like different intrinsic needs. And so each person's success and fulfillment has to be different. It would be weird if we all had the same like fulfillment needs and success needs because we all come from different backgrounds. So I came from a background with four brothers. I had an abundance of male attention. So I didn't always have the need to have male attention because I had so much of it. And if it wasn't from my four brothers, it was from the 10 other men that were always around my house that were my brother's friends. And so my growing up has like so much to do with like how I am that like someone else who grew up with four sisters would have such different needs and need such different fulfillments. And like every single thing that we go through life, whether it's my assault or just the college that you go to or growing up with one parent or, you know, no parents or with being raised by a grandparent, like all of that totally defines what you need to be fulfilled and to be successful. And none of that for any person is ever the same. And so the fact that we are different people with different experiences means that we all have to figure out what that success looks like for us, right? So if I sit there and I watch the news and I look at social media and I look at all these influencers and I'm, you know, just taking note of all the things that they're doing and looking at how many followers they have and likes on their pictures and looking at all of that and trying to figure out how I can get there. That's like the wrong, wrong success. And if I am looking at my bank account and there's nothing in it and I'm feeling like a failure, like, is that truly failure or have we been programmed to believe that that's failure? And you know, I just don't know. Like, you know, I think for some people it isn't failure. I don't think they need money in their bank account to feel good about themselves. And I think for other people, myself, I've always just loved to have money saved because it is a cushion for me that gives my heart peace. So having, you know, some savings is something that is important to me and makes me feel successful and that's okay. But it is also okay if you don't need that cushion to feel successful. Right. And, you know, there are so many other things that I feel like I've been distracted at what success looks like by the wrong things that I've really tried to step back and look at, you know, if I am speaking my truth in this year and really focusing on that part of speaking my truth is walking that walk and, and really being truthful to myself. But it's also trying to figure out like what that truth and that success and that courage and that vulnerability looks like. And for me, the success is turning and changing and it's a lot different. I'm learning that I just really want to help people. I love helping people. And I've always joked and said, if I could work for free, I would. But there's like some truth to that, right? Like if that's what makes me happy and that's what brings me joy, 
then how can I get as close to that as possible while still making sure that I have a roof over my head? And what does that look like? So I'm getting creative and trying to really um, put some ideas and things together to see if I can figure out how to basically work every single day, but not ever feel like I'm working. And that's success to me, spending 40 to 50 hours a week doing something I love that at the end of the day, I'm not like, oh my God, I just have to unwind every single day because my place of employment is just so rough. Like, I don't want that to be me. We spend more than half our life working. And I, I just, for me, success is making sure that my work is a place that I welcome and I want, not something that I have to do. Something else that, you know, I've really had to focus on what success looks like is my body image. And I know not everyone has this issue, but for me, I was weighed as a gymnast and I was told I was overweight and I needed to lose weight and I was eating unhealthy and the list goes on and on. So I cannot and do not weigh myself because also people are blown away by how much I weigh. I'm like the most compacted human being on this planet, I swear. Like when I tell people what I weigh, they're like, mind is absolutely blown because I'm only 5'2 on a good day. And then I can literally weigh as much as someone who's six feet tall, but I don't look overweight. So it's so awkward. And on the BMI scale, I am overweight, which is hilarious or obese or whatever it's called. At least I'm not, I don't think I'm morbidly obese. I think I'm just obese, but the BMI scale is bullshit anyway. But I struggle with like what the success of like my body looking like. And now that I've had a kid, it's, it's just crazy how hard it is to just approve of your body and the scars and the just rolls that come along with bearing a child. And I've decided that success for my body looks like me taking care of my body. And I think something that comes along with that is working out and therefore is makes me happy and because my body will get in a more fit position. But knowing that I'm taking care of my body day in and day out and I'm giving my body what it needs and my brain, the endorphins that it needs, that's what success is. So when I decide to take a six-month hiatus from working out, that's not successful to me because I know it's not what my body needs. And so I'm trying to, to transition my success to kind of more of that thought process of success for my body image is me taking care of my body. And like that's kind of the truth that I'm trying to tell myself because you know, oh gosh, the Instagram pictures, which now I, I do have to say, I've seen a lot of moms posting like not fully nude, but half nude pictures of their like true open mom bod. And it makes me happy because it's like, yeah, the reality is, is like the, the hot bods that we see on Instagram of the tiniest percentage of moms and people who just look so perfect. Like that's just a small, tiny, unrealistic percentage of what most people are going through. Anyways, I just ask that you you kind of sit down and when you're thinking about going on this journey of speaking your truth with me in 2020, you also use that time to define your own successes. And what does success look like for you? And what is what you define as success is your truth and your success and your truth doesn't have to look like anyone else's. It doesn't have to match up to anyone else's and it doesn't have to be similar. It can be polar opposite. And I, I needed to hear that. Like, it's just, you're you and you're no one else. And it's like Dr. Uh, Sue says, you're you than you 
oh God, now I I was trying to quote that. Now I'm going to butcher it. But, you know, like that you're going to go on. Oh my God, this is like literally what we based KJ's baby shower off of. And now I'm like going totally blank. Please forgive me. It's been a little bit of a long day. But point being, like you're youer than you and your successes and your truth and you taking risks aren't all going to look the same. And what I think is a risk, you may think is, I could do that any day. And then vice versa. Like you could think something was a risk and I'd be like, literally, I could do that in my sleep. That's not risky at all. Do it. Right. So we have to be aware that all of the definitions of these words all have like an objective definition and a subjective definition. And the objective is typically what society wants us to think. And the subjective is typically what we need to think for ourselves, which is so hard to do with the world that we live in. And also, if that went way over your head, I'm really sorry. This is just like thoughts that I've had in my head for like the past, I don't know, four or five days. And so I'm finally like word vomiting all of it. But I just invite all of you to show up, speak your truth, set boundaries, define and fulfill your own success. You know, vulnerability is hard and it's scary and it's dangerous or it feels dangerous. And um, having courage is terrifying, but can be so rewarding and You know, I've just really in the last week gotten this energy and this momentum to just be me and ignore the chitter chatter and ignore people's thoughts and what they think of me and what information I'm putting out into the world. And I'm just going to be me. And if that's good enough for people, then great. I'd love to surround myself with you. And if it's not, then like, girl, bye, because it's just me and it's just who I am and I'm not going to change it and I'm just going to keep doing it. And if you think I'm crazy or weird or whatever else, that's great for you, but it's not for me. And just remember that speaking your truth will just free you from the doubt and the fear. And I'm already experiencing this, but it, it just propels you to a place that you really didn't even know existed. And that sounds so corny, I know, but if you can get to a place where you start kind of seeing the light and feeling it you get to a place where you're almost unstoppable and it's kind of incredible. Also, side note, this is like not even a plug, but the book that I'm also reading that's kind of falling in line with this entire journey is the most, I don't know if, I don't know if it's great for both male and female. I was hoping that Hillis would read it after I did, but we'll see. But basically it's called Beginner's Pluck and the author Liz just talks about how we're like the first chapters own your average, like you are you and your average and you're not a superstar and there's nothing wrong with that. So now that you've accepted that, let's move on. And so I just finished chapter one, but there's a few of us, I was posting on social media that I was doing it and a few of other friends um, are doing it with me. And Brittany, who's become a dear, dear friend of mine, she's the, she came on, she did an episode with us. We did the Weepful Woman event together last year and we're doing it again this year. And um, she's the one that motivated me and got me a copy of the book. And I thought, you know what? Like, let's do this with a group of people together. Like, let's all talk about our journey as we read this book. So tonight we're supposed to read chapter two. So we're only two chapters in. So if you hear this podcast and you want to join in and kind of like piggyback off of the community that we've kind of started with reading this book, I highly suggest uh, you grab a copy or do an audiobook. It's called Beginner's Pluck, not luck, but pluck. And I don't want to ruin it for you. And you can kind of read about where she goes with the word pluck, but it's really awesome. So if I could give you guys any homework and a good kind of like get your life just 
going in an awesome direction, it would be to watch the Netflix original, Brene Brown, Call to Courage, and start reading Beginner's Pluck, and speak your truth, and share, 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 share with me what that it looks like for you, and I hope this helps, and would you guys look at this, I am coming in right under 30 minutes, and I am so dang proud of myself, this is awesome, I hope you guys have a wonderful day, evening, morning, whatever it is for you when you're listening, I hope this has helped kind of guide you to understand what you want your speaking of your truth to be in 2020 and understanding what your subjective success is and not what everyone is telling you that it needs to be. Can't wait. I've got another awesome episode coming up for you guys. It's a phenomenal woman who I just can't wait for y'all to hear her story. She's doing great things and we're going to share her story soon. So keep an eye out for episode 19 coming up soon. Have a great day, you guys. Talk to you later. Bye. Thank you guys so much for listening to the Loving This Life podcast. It is because of people like you tuning in each episode that Loving This Life has a purpose. If you like what you hear, please be sure to subscribe and leave us a review. This is how we spread the love and reach more amazing people like you. I also want to say a special thank you to Ella Reed. She so graciously shared her empowering and uplifting song, Walk On, for us to use on the podcast. And lastly... Remember to wake up each day being confident with who you are, but also love yourself enough to change for the better. Peace, y'all.